Good morning, everyone. Today we have one of those kind of annual Sundays where we are going to do prayer and participation. We're going to talk about being intentional about growing in your faith. But before we do that, I just can't help but we have to talk about our gospel. You know me. Um, we just have to touch base on it. So, as Catholics, today Jesus talks about, and not just talks about, today Jesus makes St. Peter the first pope. And this is a really important chapter in the Bible. There are a couple of chapters in the Bible that you and I should just know. And I know what you're thinking, whatever, Father Brian, that's for you. I can't remember Bible chapters. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you know a hundred movie lines. You know a, a thousand song lyrics. You can learn a couple of chapters of the Bible. Matthew 16. Everybody say Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Right? When I'm a priest, sometimes I feel like I'm a preschool teacher. Everybody say, you know, repetition is the mother of learning. So we'll say that a couple of times. But anyway, Matthew 16 is where Jesus gives us the first pope. And John chapter 6, that's another one you should know. John chapter 6 is Jesus' longest teaching on the Eucharist in the New Testament. There's about, I mean, I think you should know every chapter, but I have high expectations. Those are two that we should know as Catholics. So again, Matthew 16. Say Matthew 16. When you finish today, when we finish Mass, get into your car later today and just repeat that a couple times, and you'll remember Matthew 16 is where Jesus gave us the first pope. Okay, two points I just want to make very briefly about this. Here's the first thing. The first point is that uh, it's easy today to love God. It's a little bit harder to love the church. Right? Isn't it? I always talk about how when you want something done really, really well, sometimes you just trust yourself. It's easy to love God. God does all things well. Jesus is perfect. He never committed a sin. It's easy to love Jesus. He died and rose for you. He's perfect. When Jesus tells you to do something, it's a little easier to hear that than from me because I'm a sinner and I'm broken. And maybe we think, wouldn't it be better if God didn't delegate things? I love preaching. I absolutely love it. And I don't trust very many people to do it. So people asked me for years, they said, Father Brian, when are we going to get a deacon? You're, you, you need some help. And I'm a real arrogant jerk, and so I didn't want to get anybody. I was like, I don't really trust anybody to preach except him. <laughs> and I literally did. I fought, and I waited until I knew he was going to get ordained. I was like, okay, we'll take Deacon Daryl. <laughs> don't disappoint me. <laughs> Just kidding. God delegates. Here's the first thing. Today, whether you like it or not, Jesus shares his authority today with the first pope. You can't get around that. That's what he says, and he says it in a bunch of other places. He says it in Matthew chapter 18. He says it in John chapter 20. He says it in Matthew chapter 10. He says it all over the place. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 3, we could go on and on and on. It's all over the New Testament. We wish God wouldn't delegate, but he does, and he does it with his church. 
He shares authority. That's important. So important. Second point today is so simple. And I just want you, you know, we get so hung up in so many things about the, the papacy. I just want you to hear one thing today. Jesus says today, Matthew 16, 18, you are Peter, and on this rock, Peter means rock, the other apostles will build their church. No, he doesn't say that. You are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. We're used to thinking of the Catholic Church as being founded by St. Peter. Brothers and sisters, it was not. The Catholic Church was not started by St. Peter. It was not started by the apostles. The Catholic Church was founded by Jesus Christ. And it is not us that builds it, it's him. It doesn't mean we're better than other people. Right? You know that about me. You guys judge me every Sunday. It doesn't mean we're better than other people. But it means that we should have confidence that Jesus built a church. Okay. You ready for the next sermon? Okay, thank you. <laughs> so about 2001, <clears throat> there was an article in the New York Times magazine. And this writer for the New York Times was lamenting the fact that people gave so much credit to Mother Teresa, but not to people like Bill and Melinda Gates. Very interesting article. And what the author said is he said, if you just look at the numbers, people think of Mother Teresa as the great emblem of someone who loves the poor. But he said, actually, if you really take a step back, Bill and Melinda Gates have done far more for the poor than Mother Teresa ever did. Interesting, right? Thought-provoking. And he points it out. He really does crunch the numbers. He says, Bill and Melinda Gates gave so much money that they actually helped in certain countries end diseases like malaria and typhoid and certain diseases that keep people in poverty and cause real problems. That's a great thing. But he laments and he says, why does everybody, though, they, just, they can't let go of Mother Teresa? And as Catholics, I think that's a great question. Why is it? Why, why is Mother Teresa, who helped far fewer people in number than the Gates did, why is she so important to us? And I want you to reflect with, this about, with me about this. There's a lot of reasons, I think. Here's one. Bill and Melinda Gates, their generosity is amazing. They have given more money to the poor than, than all of us probably combined ever will. But after they do that, they're still one of the wealthiest couples in the entire world. I would actually say that Mother Teresa gave more to the poor than the Gates did, because she gave everything. <laughs> she didn't have as much to give but in terms of finances, but she gave everything. And the gates are so wonderful, 
But Mother Teresa became poor for love of the poor. And doesn't that just inspire your heart? It's not just giving of your excess. Mother Teresa gave the way he gave. She gave everything. But here's the other point. And here's what I really want to drive at today, brothers and sisters. The poor, it's so important for us to love the poor in a way that they feel our love in terms of receiving food and shelter, of having clothing, of having real financial support. That matters. But the poor need something much more than that, actually. They need to know that they're loved. And Mother Teresa, the reason Mother Teresa was so much more and why she touches our hearts so much more is because the the lepers that she picked up out of the gutters in India didn't say, thank you so much for giving me a week at a shelter. The lepers said, thank you for showing me the face of Christ. For showing me that I am loved. There's a difference between someone who does good things. That's awesome. When we meet people who are non-Christians, or it doesn't matter really who they are, and they do nice things and good things, that's wonderful, and we should encourage that. You're called, though, to something deeper. You're called not merely to do good things, but when you do good things, brothers and sisters, because you're a Christian, You're called to let the light and the radiance of Christ shine through you. And that's so much deeper. And that's why people love Mother Teresa. She didn't just show people good physical things or help them with physical things. She loved them. And she loved them with a love that belongs to him. That's why we are different. And that's what you're called to. Here's what St. Jose Maria Escriva says. By the way, I'm like so obsessed with Jose Maria Escriva right now. It's like, it's like having a man crush on a saint. And uh, you're going to hear a lot from him because I'm like mildly obsessed right now. So St. Jose Maria Escriva says this. Don't let your life be sterile. Be useful. Blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. With your apostolic life, wipe out the slimy and filthy mark left by the impure sowers of hatred. And light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. That just inspires me. Light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. That's what you're called to. A wonderful analogy. I think I stole this from John on the cross. Over the years, I've stolen so many things, I forget who I stole them from. 
A wonderful image for who you're supposed to be, brothers and sisters, is a stained glass window. If you imagine these stained glass windows in our church at nighttime, there's nothing really special to them. There's something in them that's potentially that can become amazing, but the only way that their beauty, and I have to confess they're not my favorite stained glass windows, but the only way their beauty is really revealed is when the sun shines behind them. When Christ, the light of Christ, is behind you and in you and in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, brothers and sisters, you become a stained glass window. You become a thing of beauty, a person of beauty and truth and goodness, and you won't just do good things. You'll radiate the love of God. And that's why Mother Teresa captured the heart of the world. She didn't just do good things. The light of Christ radiantly shone through her. Now you might be thinking, all right, Father Brian, that's beautiful. And it is beautiful, isn't it? But that's for Mother Teresa and maybe Deacon Darrell. What about me? And I feel that way. But it's a lie. Every one of you in this church is called to that. And God promises every one of us that he, if you made a choice to become like that, to say, Jesus, I want to love you more, I want to radiate your goodness, I promise you, and he promises more importantly, to give you the grace to make that happen. Or you might say, I can't do that. Well, think of St. Matthew. St. Matthew was a tax collector. To us, that doesn't sound that bad. In Jesus' day, the, the great enemies of the people of God were the Romans. They oppressed the Jews. They put impositions on them that actually restricted their worship of God. They were immoral. They did a lot of bad things. Tax collectors worked with the enemy for personal gain. That's what tax collectors did in the time of Christ. They, they worked for the Romans, and they were usually corrupt and took a cut off the top for themselves. St. Matthew wrote one of the most important books that's ever been written in the history of the world. He's one of the greatest saints that has ever lived. He was a tax collector. Maybe you have an impure past. Maybe you're like, you know, Brian, Father Brian, I have sins. I, I just don't know that Jesus could really shine through me. The first person to witness the resurrection, the very first person that God chose to be a witness to the resurrection was St. Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute. One of the greatest saints in the history of Christianity. My favorite, the one that always gives me hope, is I'm like, I haven't murdered anybody yet, but King David did. <laughs> and King David was an adulterer and a murderer. And the Bible tells us that he became a man after God's own heart. What are you going to do with your life? You have so many days. What are you going to do with your life? 
Your life matters. That's my main point. When we talk about stewardship, brothers and sisters, the point is that your life is not meaningless. It's not fringe. It is important. It's invaluable. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to take the treasures that God gives you, your gifts, your talents, and are you going to bury them in a field? Are you going to work really hard to, to have as much fun and entertainment and security? That's so boring. Lame. Don't do that. Why don't you risk it for something that matters? Why don't you become a person whose life is like Mother Teresa's, like Jose Maria Escrivas, like David's or Mary Magdalene's or Matthew's? And here's the first point. You can never, ever do that if you don't learn how to pray. If you don't learn how to pray, you'll never become who God intends you to become. It's not easy, but it's hugely important, and it's so worth it. So worth it. You have to do that. Prayer is that way that we become a stained glass window. It's when God doesn't just inspire us to go do something nice. It's when he lives inside of you. Right, one more time, Jose Maria Escriva, because repetition is the mother of learning. By the way, the papacy comes in Matthew 16. One more time, listen to this. Don't let your life be sterile. Be useful. Blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. Don't you love people like that? When you walk away and you see their joy and their love and their faith, and it just, uh, it just inspires you to say, yeah, you know what? I can be better than I am. I can find hope and joy. I can find God. With your apostolic life, wipe out the slimy and filthy mark left by the impure sowers of hatred. There is so much of that in our culture right now. There are so many people working, right, to say that there's nothing impure you can do anything you want to do. The internet is a neutral zone, and we should allow anybody to do anything they want. People work for that. We work for holiness. Light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. You can't have the fire of Christ in your heart, brothers and sisters, if you don't pray. And here's what I mean by that. We're going to talk about this. We're almost done with the prayer part. I don't just mean asking God for things. That is prayer. That's legitimate. When I'm like, dear Lord, please send me a deacon. Or dear Lord, please cool this church down. That's a good prayer. Right? It's also good for everybody to suffer a little bit. It makes us tougher. Those are good prayers. But there's a deeper way. There's a deeper form of prayer. The primary thing I want to encourage you to in prayer today, brothers and sisters, is learning to listen to God in silence. Usually with the scriptures, you take a gospel reading. Jesus is called the word of God. Whenever you speak a word, I don't know about you, but I usually don't just talk to myself. Right, sometimes you ever do the confidence builders, I really don't, but you stand in the mirror, you're like, you're awesome. You're going to give a great homily today. Your hair is beautiful, right? But I don't know. We don't do that. When we talk, it's for someone. 
Jesus is the word of God. He is the word. He is the Father's word to you. Prayer means listening to that and letting that word sink deeply into your heart. That's prayer. Mary, in Luke chapter 1, it says, Mary took all of these things and kept them, pondering them in her heart. When you do that, when you look at the life of Christ and you meditate on the crucifixion and you meditate on the resurrection and on when Jesus is scourged because he loved you and that sinks into your heart, you begin to become a saint because you start to love something beautiful and true and good. You can't become a saint without that. Okay, we've kicked the dead horse enough. Let's move on. Participation is the second thing I want to encourage you to today. St. Francis de Sales says that the one danger in prayer is that we we think and we pray with these beautiful, amazing, holy things. We pray with the life of Christ and we see his love and his selflessness and his truth. And St. Francis de Sales says the one danger, the only danger in prayer is that you begin to think you are holy just because you've prayed with holy things. And so he says, every time you pray, you may have to make a resolution. At the end of that prayer time, you say, okay, this has to change my life. So prayer is more important than this, but after you've learned how to pray, brothers and sisters, you have to give your life away. You have to do it. And at Lord, what I'm inviting you to, this is not my church. This is our church. It is not my job to bring people to Christ. It is our job to bring people to Christ. It is our job to love the poor. It is our job to welcome strangers. It is our job for whoever's new here today to feel like you came to a church where you were loved and welcomed. That's our job. And I need you. I need your help with that. St. Therese of Lisieux. Yes, I did read the big book of saint stories this morning. St. Teresa of Lisieux, she used to have, she had a job at the convent where she had to fold napkins for dinner. And it's like, okay, well, how do you love God by folding napkins? Here's how you do it. Every time St. Teresa folded a napkin for a sister, she imagined that Jesus himself would sit at that spot. And she'd fold it as perfectly as she could. She'd set the chair as perfectly as she could as if Jesus himself would sit there. Teresa of Calcutta in her life famously said, we can do no great works, only small works of great love. Guess who she's quoting? St. Therese of Lisieux. I want this place, brothers and sisters, to be a place where people walk in and they say, God is there. Those people are welcoming The word of God was proclaimed so amazingly. When I went up the aisle and I wanted to sit down, I didn't get the stink eye and someone wouldn't move. That happens, by the way, right? You know you've all done it. You're like, this is my pew. Like, can I come in? You kind of look at me, you say yes, but your eyes say, go to another church. (laughs) Don't do that. We have a mission. And so, brothers and sisters, you have to pray. You have to give your life away. And I need your help. 
I want Our Lady of Lourdes to be a place where his light shines through. And I can only do that if you come with me. So grab those cards at the end of your pews. Everybody, again, we're gonna, there's a prayer on this card. I want you to pray it with me. Grab a pen and grab that card. Pray with me. It's on the front there with the image of Mary. Heavenly Father, we ask for the grace of Christian stewardship to follow Jesus Christ. Grant us a spirit of prayer as we live out our faith. Help us to increase our participation in building your kingdom at Our Lady of Lords. Teach us to practice generosity with the gifts you have given us. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Our Lady of Lords.